Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at your favorite theme parks? Well, you're about to find out. So pull the harness all the way over your shoulders till it reaches your lap. Keep arms and legs inside the train at all times. And hold on, because it's time for the Theme Park Legends Podcast with your host, Steve Honeycutt. Greetings, theme park goers. It's time once again to enter the bizarre, uncanny, and scintillating world of the Theme Park Legends podcast. The show that takes you behind the magic of all your favorite theme parks by interviewing the people crazy enough to work there. And speaking of crazy, we have a downright insane interview for you with Jason Latona. Jason is a triple threat who has worked for three different Universal Parks as a singer, dancer, and stuntman. He tells us what it took to get into the Beetlejuice show at Universal Orlando and how he opened up one of my favorite rides, Terminator 2 3D as John Connor. The T-1000 is closing in on me fast, so let's go straight to my interview with Jason Latona. Ladies and gentlemen, with me today is theme park legend Jason Latona. Jason, how's it going today? It is going well, Stephen Honeycutt. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, how are things over there in Singapore? Um, it, ironically enough, it's hot and uh, it's raining. <laughs> uh, very unusual for us here, right? Yeah, sure. Very it's unusual. Totally out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, crazy. No, but it's good. Good, good. So. Word on the street is that you're uh, something of a theme park guy. That is, uh, that's true. I'm, <laughs> I, may, I may be the theme park guy. Oh, really? Well, I'm glad. <laughs> then you are on the right show. Uh, how'd you get mixed up in the world of theme parks? Um, well, I would say it, it started in 1978. <sighs> uh, and, and that's actually, that's actually not a joke. Um, mm. And the reason I say that is, is because when I was, uh, I think, two years old, my family uh, took me to Disney World for the first time, and nice. that was our family vacation. Uh, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and um, so my family every year we would do our family vacation where we'd save up for the money and uh, mm-hmm. we'd go to uh, go to Orlando. And at the time, it was Disney World and Sea World and Gatorland um, and uh, Mystery Funhouse. Do you remember Mystery Funhouse? No, I don't um, think I was living there when. What was it like? Really. It was like this odd, it was odd, but I just remember I used to love, I mean, I always loved the Universal Monsters and mm-hmm. there was like a, you walked into Mystery Funhouse and there was a, like a animatronic of Lon Chaney's Wolfman there. Oh, nice. And I was, I just remember being a little kid and thinking that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and that was our family vacation and uh, till... Uh, let, let's see, you know, I remember going to um, Universal opened, I think June the 10th 1990 mm-hmm. and i think somewhere around there and uh, we and i remember going to my birthday's in june 24th and we went for my birthday i think it was 15 at the time like in 1990 or mm-hmm. however old i would have been i don't know my math is terrible right now <laughs> but um uh yeah and i remember going to universal in 1990 like literally like two or three weeks after it opened and nothing worked mm-hmm. um the only ride we were able to go on was et and, um, but I remember thinking, uh, you know, as like a, a, a young kid that time, I mean, like a teenager, I thought Universal was so cool. I remember we saw yeah. ET and like, and we saw ET and Alfred Hitchcock. And I don't remember if you remember Hitchcock, the oh, making movies. Well. Yeah. And I loved it. And I thought it was so cool. And like, I was at that age where, um, 
you know, seeing, I'm, I'm, I, you know, going to theme parks all the time. To me, theme parks were, uh, you know, Peter Pan's flight and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I love right now. That's my favorite thing in the world, like P- uh, Peter Pan and Pirates of the Caribbean, all that kind of stuff sure. like that. But um, I remember it was at that age where I was like, dude, this is so cool. And Universal felt like the grown up version of yeah, theme parks at yeah, the time. Yeah, it really did. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Uh, quick question. Um, uh-huh. And maybe you never asked them or not, but like, why did your parents choose Florida over like uh, California as far as like going to the. I think. I think it was probably, I mean, you know, I never asked, but I think probably because um, just uh, financial reasons, you know, it was Mm -hmm. just easier to go to, Uh, go to Orlando. And I think it just seemed like the safer option, you know, um, as far as, (laughs) I think, I I know for me, if you said, hey man, do you want to go to LA or or Orlando? I'd put like, just for safety alone, I'd probably go to Orlando. Right. But now Um, Florida has that, uh, we're like the weird state of the, of the country now. Um, But I think they're both weird in their own way. Yes. Yeah. And I I think they are, but Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, but it was one of those things I remember I went back because, um, uh, I, my sister and I actually auditioned, Mm -hmm. uh, for the Mickey mouse club. And, um, uh, there, there was the show that Christina Aguilera was on Justin Timberlake, um, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Ryan Gosling was on. And, uh, funny enough, Christina Aguilera was actually at the audition I went to and my sister and I, um, uh, I mean, she wasn't Christina Aguilera. She was just some like eight year old girl that sang Mariah Carey vision of love. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, this is crazy. (laughs) But, um, my sister and I, um, made it all the way to like the, the finals, like the, the final cut of, um, the audition. And, you know, my mom and, uh, and dad were like, wait a second, you made it like they had, we, I never did musical theater or anything like that in school, nothing like that. And my parents were like, wow, you know, what are you two doing? And we were just like in our basement, uh, you know, uh, doing the running man and, uh, I was doing Michael Jackson impersonations. And, well, um, uh, and, how, did and that, um, how did that audition come about then? Like, did your parents I put just, you into it or? No, we literally came, we, we said to my parents, uh, we saw the audition. They were, they were, um, I remember at the end of the Mickey Mouse Club mm-hmm. at that time, they, uh, they were, they would say, Hey, we're looking for you. You know, new met, you want to be a Mouseketeer? We're auditioning in Orlando, Pittsburgh, blah, 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 you know, right. like Texas. And, um, you know, me and my sister saw it and we said to our parents that we wanted to go to the audition. And my parents were always super super supportive of everything we did. My mom still today is, is my biggest fan. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I owe them so much. And uh, I mean, my dad passed away in 2004, but, but they were always, always there for my opening shows and supporting and everything like that. So my parents decided to move us to Orlando. Um, and I think, um, we, we were there like, you know, like settling up like our housing stuff early 94 Mm -hmm. and, um, maybe I think like January, February. And I remember seeing the, um, the, the Beetlejuice graveyard review at the time. And I was like that, that's what I want to do. I remember, you know, we moved back down to Orlando in 94, June 94. I just graduated high school and, uh, and I went and auditioned for Halloween Horror Nights, um, that year. And I was like, just, just turned 18 and I got hired. Uh, uh, that was my very first job ever. I was Norman Bates' mother in, uh, in the Psycho House. You remember? Do you remember when they had the Psycho um, facade? I don't know if you remember that. Yep. Uh, they have one here in Hollywood still. 
Yeah, they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have on the Backlot tour. Yeah, which I'm a huge because I love Psycho, and it was like one of my favorite movies ever. Great movie. It was really cool. Yeah, so I got to be that, and um, I had really high marks. Like I guess at the uh, end of each of the uh, Halloween seasons, they uh, they like give you a little a little grade, you know, like a performance oh, evaluation. Well. Yep. I used that and uh, used those marks, and they were. Um, uh, to try to get a full time or try to get a job at Universal, mm-hmm. and um, ironically enough, uh, I went into an interview and um, uh, they said uh, they're looking for. And they, they had nothing in inter- obviously entertainment yet audition. I didn't know anything about this process. Right. You know what I mean? I just was like, oh, I want to work at Universal. How do I work at the Beetlejuice show? They're like, well, that's an entertainment. You have to audition for that. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, okay, well, how do I do that? And they're like, well, maybe you know, you can just get an in and being in the park. And uh, I almost uh, signed a, a theme park death sentence, which is um, elected to work in operations. Mm-hmm. And, and I worked at the Jaws attraction. Now, they hired me full time, which was pretty cool because I yeah. had benefits along with my $6.75 $6. an hour. But you remember the Jaws attraction, I know. Mm-hmm. But you, you were still doing the, the spiel, you know, the sure. acting spiel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool, man. I mean, you know, I, um, I, I love learned a lot from them actually uh, uh i don't remember the guy's last name but we had a uh, like our spiel acting coach uh mm-hmm. his, his first name was tony and i remember he was super intense but you know i got to learn really like earn my stripes you know because mm-hmm. with jaws sometimes we would do like 60 shows a day you know wow. because of the if you had an eight-hour shift and you had two boats in your rotation meaning that you would do like the boat the greeter mm-hmm. boat uh, but you know that kind of thing um you could do you could on peak days you know um you could do up to like 60 70 shows a day mm-hmm. and um i remember i had some you know i had so at the time i was 18 years old you know it was and i had celebrities i met steven spielberg spielberg actually rode on my boat at jaws nice. uh and he gave me didn't say anything but looked over at me and gave me a little thumbs up and i'm like hey as an 18 year old kid it's steven spielberg giving you the thumbs up hey, it was pretty cool that'd be cool at this age man <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But like I said, I, um, I was trying to get in the entertainment department and I remember going to the audition. I saw when they had an audition for the monster show, the Beetlejuice mm-hmm. show at the time. And I remember showing up to that audition and, uh, I, and I realized I had never taken a dance class or anything like that sure. in my life. And they, you know, they started off teaching the dance combination and, and you're like, okay, we're going to start on here and spot one, five, six, seven, eight. And dude, I remember my heart like just clench up and like my butthole clench up, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? I don't know what this is. And I was like, I was instantly like terrified because I, di- I didn't know what an eight count was. Right. But once I saw them dancing and I was like, oh, and I just kind of started dancing along with them. And I remember the, the choreographer came up to me and she's like, honey, you've never taken a dance class. I'm like, I've never taken a dance class. And she's like, get some training and, you know, um, and we'll see, you know, you know, and, and some time. And, you know, I, I think I auditioned, uh, eight, five or six times, maybe eight times. I don't remember at the time for the monster show. And eventually I, I got it. But before that, I think, you know, this and people who know theme parks work at theme parks, once they see you in something, mm-hmm. it's really hard for them to unsee you. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, sure. if they see you as an animated character, good luck making the transition over to, you know, uh, face and singing and dancing. You know right. what I mean? 
I was able to transition to donkey, but I, I was told that I was a very lucky person <laughs> for getting that. But, but you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and they, they, sure. they, they do that. And it's, 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 it, they, it's very segregated. I feel like, yeah, you know, for no, lack of better I, words. In Orlando. Absolutely. For sure. When I showed up at these auditions, I thought I was doing all right. Now, granted, I don't really know. You know, I thought mm. I was doing decent, but I'm like, I think they just look at me as the kid that works at Jaws and I'm, I'm in operations. And, and it was like, is that why it's a death sentence? Cause you said that earlier yeah and i think yeah that's what i was alluding to is because Mm -hmm. they saw me as operations guy you know what i mean and 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 you know we uh, as as jaws uh jaws attendants we would have a break day to rest our voice and we would do one day a week at the wild wild west stunt show mm-hmm. you know it's just to rest our voices because a lot of us would lose our voices from from doing the, the spiel for jaws you right know? and again like i knew those stunt guys looked at me as like you know like i'm i'm a i'm an attendant you know what i mean i pick sure. up the popcorn you know what i mean and tell people where to sit right. and and you know what i mean and i was just like am i ever going to get out of this and um I just shared this story the other day, and uh, I don't think I ever told anybody this, but at the time, I was working at Jaws, and mm-hmm. my uh, my supervisor came to me and said, hey, look, they're doing this, you heard they're doing this Terminator uh, thing. Now, at the time, it was called Project 640, oh, nice. and because um, they didn't have a, 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 a name for the Terminator thing, right. uh, for T2, which turned out to be T2-3D. Sure. And, um, we were in the park. We all heard it was going to be an indoor roller coaster like Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. That's what every that's what everyone was told. So um, he, my my supervisor, came to me and said, "Hey, this Terminator thing, uh, it's a show, and they're looking for stunt people." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you could do it and you know because you look like you could play John Connor and I'm like wait you mean like the little kid he's like no 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 no, no. but it's like supposed to be now it's like he's grown up and um, me and Edward Furlong are the same age mm-hmm. um, and uh, he showed me a photo of uh, of him dressed in the John Connor outfit and the reason they had him in it was because they um, they couldn't release the uh, costumes or, or any of the photos or information over to the entertain, entertainment department yet. Right. And so I, ironically enough, was in operations, and um, but he was my operations supervisor, and he showed me a photo, and he's like, I would get into so much trouble if I showed you this, and he showed it to me, and I was like, oh, shit, you know, and I looked, and um, and it, it was him in this this costume, and uh, I just made a mental note. I remember just going, okay, he has a headband on, he has a camo jacket on, he has some boots he has mm-hmm. workout gloves thank you and then i uh when they had the audition for terminator they had a big nationwide audition i showed up to the audition dressed like that i had my long kind of surfer uh john connor hair at the time right and um i i remember showing up to the audition and people were asking me they were like hey man where do i sign up and i was like i'm auditioning too <laughs> and uh and they were like oh dude shit, you got the part you'll get the part and uh I, um, I remember, you know, they were videoing us and we had to, you know, do some stunt, some dive rolls and things like that. Mm-hmm. To this day, it's pretty cool if you watch the T2 um, or any of the stuff of making of T2 3D. My stuff, um, my audition footage is on the uh, the DVD or Blu-rays. Oh, nice. So it's cool. I mean, for being a huge fan, I was immortalized in that. Oh, that's and, awesome. um, but that was the beginning, man. And, and I got a break. And I'll tell you what the break was is that Landmark Entertainment was the people who cast the original Terminator show, Mm -hmm. not Universal Studios. Yes, there were some guys at Universal, some of the stunt guys, everything like that that had their input, but 
um, Landmark didn't know me as Jason, the ride and show attendant. You know oh, what I mean? They, right. they get, and they, and, and I'll tell you, if it wasn't for that, I, you know, who knows where, if I would ever be doing this kind of stuff. Oh, and nice. funny enough, I ran into, um, I was at Pleasure Island. If you remember Pleasure Island, I remember sure. I was at Pleasure Island um, dancing in like a circle. And I turned around and one of my, um, uh, one of my show directors at the time, Cheryl Bott was there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she looked at me and she was like, I had no idea you could dance like this. Now I had, I already had been doing the Terminator show now for about two years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I please audition for you for the Beetlejuice show? And she's like, you want to do Beetlejuice? And I took her down to the, uh, to the toilet. Now this is, it's not going to get weird, <laughs> but, uh, it just cause there was good acoustics, uh, in the bathroom. There's like the water fountain that separates the men's to the left and women's to the right. And I sang the, uh, the Wolfman song, which was at the time, thank you for letting me be myself. And she arranged then a, <clears throat> a private audition for me to come in. And I auditioned with uh, Greg Berkheimer and uh, I forget who it was at the time, even uh, maybe Laura, Laura, Laura Wallace. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, but then next thing I know, I was finally after how many years now it was. This was nine, probably 1997. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was and I saw the show in 1994. So three years later. I was finally in in training for the Beetlejuice show, and um, that was my real thing. And, and it was so cool, man, because I I was like I remember visualizing um, being on the stage and doing sound checks and doing the show, you know. And boom, and there there I was, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I finally was on stage with all these people. Colleen DeFeo, she's still at the park. Uh, shout out to Colleen if she, if she ever listens to this. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> You know, and I was this uh, 19-year-old, like 20-year-old kid, and man, I was working with all these people that, to me, were almost like mini celebrities. You know, like sure. the, the James Keatons, uh, the Colleens, um, you know, of, of the, the Steve Scarpetti at the time, mm-hmm. and because uh, I saw these people since 93 when I first saw the show and I was on stage doing the show with him. It was really cool. Wayne Brady, um, did the show, Joey Fatone, um, uh, JC Chavez from, uh, um, uh, in sync as well. And, um, yeah, and it it was really cool. There was a lot of, uh, you know, there were some celebrities that did that show. So your very first day working in a theme park was all the way back in horror nights, right? Yeah. Yeah. 94. Yeah. And then now you you work your way up, and that was like your main goal is to to uh, work in that Beetlejuice show. Yeah, yeah, and um, and like I said, it it, it opened up Terminator actually both Terminator and Beetlejuice opened up so many opportunities for me. I uh, I again I met a guy. Um, I don't know if you know David Nickel, and uh, he he was a Dracula at the time, mm-hmm. and I remember him call and I met him, and we. Uh, he was a fellow martial artist and he called me one day and asked me, he was like, Hey man, I got this other gig. Would you be willing to be one of the power Rangers? And I was just like, he's like, we're about the same size. You do martial arts. I'm like, uh, yeah. And, um, I drove down to Tampa, Florida to do this gig. little did I know it was actually for Saban entertainment. Um, and, um, I had a good time. Uh, you know, it was me just being my gung ho, like ambitious, you know, 18, 19 year old self. 
And, um, but I met this guy, Bruce Bridges, who was uh, the head of, um, any thing that was doing touring for the Power Rangers, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, with Saban. And I remember I said, Hey, I'd love to do this again. Um, the money was good and it was, I was a Power Ranger. It was cool. And this was like in their heyday. And, um, they were like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if we'll keep you in mind. And I'm like, I'm never going to get, and you know, I'm never going to do that ever right, again. Right. And that was on the weekend in Tampa. And I remember on Monday, I got a, a call from a, a lady called Jan Wilson. And cause I remember these people's names, cause it was so impactful. And they gave me my touring schedule Whoa. and they, picked me up to, um, yeah. And they were like, Bruce loved you and they want you to tour with us. And, um, and, and I kept my full-time status at, uh, universal taking, I was taking vacation days and mm-hmm. for about two years, I worked seven days a week and, um, between using, um, uh, working a Terminator Beetlejuice, I was one of the first people to have like a split contract at the time I had a uh, 40 hour contract and I had um, 24 hours at the Monster Show and uh, in, uh, 16 hours at the Terminator Show. Nice. But I usually ended up doing 40 hours a week at Monster because I ended up doing uh, getting cross-trained into Dracula and Phantom as well. And um, so, like I said, it was really weird, man, because, um, you know, to do that show, like I said, it was just something that I wanted to do. Um, you know, I didn't have these like aspirations of I'm going to be on Broadway, mm-hmm. but it was cool for me that, you know, I, I saw the show. I thought it was cool. And then I'm doing the show, you know, and also Terminator, like I said, opened up so many opportunities um, because it was uh, especially the opening team. We got to do and, and see and meet so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what I mean? Once it's like once you're in, you're in. You know right. what I mean? And especially if you're a good worker and I was a good worker, you know, not, mm. uh, I, you know, when I say good worker, I, you know, yeah, do I think I'm talented? Sure. I guess so. Mm. But I always showed up. I was always on time. I was always respectful. You know, I was always nice to everybody. And, um, and you know, I think that just goes a long way. And sometimes sure. in the enter- entertainment business, it's like a long lost art. You know, I knew oh, a lot yeah. of really great performers I mean, talented people that couldn't show up on time, you know what I mean? And then uh, because of the fact you're working in a theme park, you're working for a corporation, you still got to clock in on time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and I saw so many people like, man, what happened to what you call, they got eight points and now they're fired. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whatever the system is that they use. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like I said, I worked uh, worked in Orlando from '94 to 2006, mm-hmm. and um, uh, in 2006 I moved to Las Vegas. All right, before and we I, before we get into yeah. that, let's uh, go back to some of the roles mm-hmm. we were just talking about here. Uh, do you have any like specific memories? Maybe like your the first ever performance of uh, a yeah. Beetlejuice. Um, how was that for you? I think with Beetlejuice, it was like an odd outer body experience. You know, I remember my first, the first Terminator show. Um, it was one of those things because if you've ever opened a show or any, any performance who's opened a show, um, you go through so many rehearsals, Mm -hmm. you get that thing where you're like, I just need to do it in front of audience, you know? And for Terminator, because we did so many rehearsals because truthfully they didn't know if it was going to work because they didn't know if, uh, it's so crazy. They were doing all this building and then, you know, like millions of dollars, that they put in this project and they didn't know if it was going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and mainly with the lighting, how, how do we light an actor and not wash out the 3d? You know, right. that was the biggest, 
challenge. And, but we did so many, you know, approvals for universal approval for technicians, approval for this guys that by the time the audience came in, it was, it was great. But I was just like, so, oh my God, I, you know, I want to do the show. Yeah. Um, with Beetlejuice, I was like thrown into it. But the whole time, it was like so surreal that, you know what I mean? I actually, and, and I don't want to sound like so like, you know, preachy, but I, I saw that, me doing that first show in my head mm-hmm. for five years. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was visualizing sure. getting on stage and doing it. And, um, and it was kind of surreal, you know, to do that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember my first mic check of that morning, um, you know, at, at the monster show, we, we, you do mic check before the park open, you know, you could see, uh, um, you could, cause I don't know if you remember how the Beetlejuice stage was, you could see into that stage. Yeah, um, and you could see, yeah, you could see the stage. And I remember again, I remember as a tourist, uh, <laughs> like watching them, uh, I would see them in the morning, like when we, my parents would get there in the morning early and we would see them, uh, you know, doing their soundtrack or even like when I was working at Jaws, I would be walking to work and I would hear the monster cat and I'm like, that's going to be me one day. I'm going to be on stage. I'm going to be doing this sound check. And, um, so yeah, it, it, that was pretty surreal for me. Any specific memories of maybe anything, uh, going wrong or just funny stories of working in Beetlejuice or Terminator? Um, I mean, you know, like I remember, like I said, uh, it, with those shows, you know, it's one of those things where Terminator always had, once Terminator got up and running, um, you know, initially we were supposed to only do nine shows a day. That's what the theater was built for. Mm-hmm. And um, we end up doing 52 shows a day during mm-hmm. summer and peak hours. Wow. And yeah, so I mean, the the system just wasn't ready to handle it, you know? Right. And there, there were times where, um, you know, you'd go in, you'd come out to work and, um, the, if you remember the Terminator show, you have the first part with the, when the bike comes out, the second part is primarily the movie, the 3d movie. And then the third part is like the finale with the T1 million. And there were so many times where we would, uh, you know, you, you'd come up the lift. There was like an, a little lift that uh, a smaller, like a, like an automatic dumbwaiter that uh, took us, uh, up the, uh, and put us onto the stage mm-hmm. and you'd have, completely different lighting like you know what i mean like you just would rent no one would tell you this would have different lighting because somebody messed with the lighting or reset the lighting and it got all wacky right. and so you know one of the things like for me I'm, i've always been one of those people that um i appreciated when i was younger going to the theme parks going to see jungle cruise and the, the person it was like their first time sure. you know what i mean like it was oh, like absolutely. the first time that person and, and 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 that to me is the beauty of and in, in the the real skill of theme park performing is to keeping it fresh, doing the same thing over and over and keeping it fresh. Yep. And there, there were people that I saw, again, a Colleen DeFeo that when I saw her do the monster show as the bride, um, every time I saw that woman perform, you would think it was her opening day. Oh, wow. And, you know, and she had done that show hundreds, hundreds upon hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I always wanted to keep that integrity, you know, yeah. and, uh, still to this day, I mean, I'm still performing and it, it's still a thing to me, but, um, you know, it, it, and when you do shows, like I said, that many shows a day, no, granted, I didn't do 52 shows. I did nine shows a day right. at Terminator. Um, unless somebody got hurt. I remember the most I did, I did do 18 shows in one day. Uh, one of the John Connors got hurt last minute. Um, and they were like, can you, 
do you, we'll pay you overtime, but can you do it? And I remember doing 18 shows and around that 17 mark, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wanted to be the hero, but, uh, the, the, you know, I'm like, this must be what John Connor feels like. He's the hero who doesn't want to be here. Right. And, um, <laughs> But, you know, it's funny with um, uh, shows like that, especially monster shows, um, you know, you get the fans, the the people that come and watch the show mm-hmm. over and over and over. You know, we have that here in Singapore. You know, you have the people and you're like, and, and that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other conversation. I don't know if I want to get down into that. But, yeah, I mean, like I did so many different shows. One of my biggest memories was um, when I finally got to do the Bill and Ted show. Mm-hmm. And I, that was, a you know, if you're a Halloween Horror Nights person, you know, Bill and Ted's was like the show. You know, yeah. and and when I finally got to be able to do that, um, it was and I don't know if I it was a, a jinx myself, or whatever. I finally was in the show. They cast me as um, one of the ambiguously gay duo characters from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and but it was um, 2001. Okay. And if you remember, 9-11 happened in 2001 right. and it was right during our rehearsals. And that was one of the weirdest times ever to be working in the theme park mm-hmm. because we finally we saw them shut closing the park for the day. Um, they went in and they were like, do we put, you know, the, you always with Bill and Ted's, you have guns and, and fight scenes and stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. And the time was so sensitive. We're like, we went in and they had to take out characters. Um, and I just remember going, I, I was afraid they were going to pull the plug on the show and I was never going to get to do the show. And, um, but yeah, that was a, that was a, a strange, and the show ended up being awesome, but, um, it was, uh, it, it was, it was a interesting time to say the least. For sure. So you said you ended up moving to Las Vegas. How did that come about? Um, literally me and, uh, and my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, we, uh, we just, it was one of those things we would go, we were, she was getting a lot of work in Las Vegas. Um, uh, she was also in the business and, um, she was getting a lot of work in Las Vegas at the time as a, uh, uh, host and narrator doing things like that. She did, um, uh, like teleprompting and ear monitor training, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she was getting a lot of work in Vegas. And, um, I mean, the thing with theme park work, uh, I think if anyone's ever worked, it, you don't do it for the money. I don't, I don't think any of us did it for the money. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you do it because you love doing it and you know, you like, you just like your job. Mm-hmm. And she at the time was getting these gigs in, in Las Vegas where, uh, you know, she would do like a one-off event, like, or one, like an eight hour day and make like 1500 bucks for one day. Wow. And I'm like, that's what I made in two weeks almost, you know, at, at the mar- at doing Beetlejuice. Right. And so we just literally took a, took a rolled the dice and, um, and, and took a gamble. And I was just like, ah, maybe, you know, inter- you know, when you think of Vegas, you think of entertainment, you know? And I'm yeah. like, I ended up, uh, um, getting, uh, hired for with Cirque du Soleil, which is again, like something that I never thought going to be possible. Right. Um, and, um, and, and I was, I found myself like, and that was another thing once, you know, we're talking over a period of 10 years of me being at the Terminator show. Mm-hmm. One of the things I learned how to do, thanks to my buddy, Brian Pollock, he taught me how to do hand balancing and it was something I stuck with and just did it myself. And, um, and I ended up getting pretty good at it, good enough that Cirque du Soleil was willing to hire me. Nice. And um, again, that was something I visualized being in the training rooms at Cirque and everything like that. Next thing I know, I found myself 
um, getting at the car theater in Los in MGM for the car show, and you know we were using their physio room to train. However, my partner that um, I was doing the bal- hand balancing act, we got hired together with. He ended up getting cast as one of the American Gladiators. I don't know. I don't know if they rebooted American Gladiators. I don't know if you remember that show. I do. He I got, love that show. And, yeah, he got he got cast when they rebooted the American Gladiator show, and I remember him saying to me, Jason, like, I got to take this. This is a national TV show. He had already been at Cirque for a few years, mm-hmm. and was looking for a change. And Cirque came to me, and they're like, Look, we don't want to lose you, but we have no um, we have no talent spots open. And at the time, they were opening a uh, a nightclub uh, called Revolution Lounge um, that was uh, linked to their The Beatles Love Show. And um, they said, hey, what do you know about nightclubs? I'm like, nothing. You know, till this day, you know, I never had a regular job. I was, I was just, I was 30 years old. My, I didn't have a resume outside of Wolfman, John Connor, Power Rangers. You know what I mean? And I found myself 30 years old being like, I don't know what it's like. I have, I have no skill set, you know? And I saw one of the uh, positions that said uh, uh, VIP mood manager. And I said, what is this? And they were like, you know what? You'd actually be good at that. You're good at talking to people. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good at talking to people. Mm-hmm. And um, they hired me in this position. And I was kind of like a liaison uh, when uh, guests would come in, celebrities. I would be the one that just kind of was, hey, making sure you're okay. And I was a liaison between the the, um, the the guest and the celebrity guest and the um the the nightclub right. so they had say hey like i got to meet i remember sitting with Lawrence fishburne having conversations i met slash sit down and uh and chill with slash and nice. um so it was pretty cool um and so i got to meet some celebrities and stuff like that and next thing i know man for the next three years of my life i wasn't performing um i was working at nightclubs and nice. um and i i made way more money but I always did miss performing, you know, there was a part of me that was always like, yeah. And I, you know, I wanted to be on stage, you know, granted when you're making a lot of money, you know, I was making sometimes 3000 bucks a week. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't really think, you know, I miss waking up and, you know, warming up my voice and singing in the morning. Um, because we both kind of had the the thing where like, you know, I was 32 years old and 31, 32. And I was just like, um, uh, my girlfriend at the time was uh, around 30 and we were like, why don't we try LA? You know, it's right there. Um, you know, in, you know, it's a three hour drive. Why don't we pick up and move to LA? And I ended up getting a really high paying job actually in a nightclub business. But I was like, you know what? It'll afford us to live there. And she actually was further along in her career like that than I, she already had done a, uh, um, a, na- a national TV show for kids. So she had that on her, on her resume. Right. And so we're like, let's roll the dice. Let's move to LA. And I moved to LA and prepared to do this job. Next thing I know, the job that was supposed to open June 7th, I moved to LA in May 7th, June 7th was supposed to be our opening. They called me and said, Jason, Hey, look, man, we're, um, uh, we're moving to a 4th of July opening. I'm like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is LA. Um, <laughs> I had LA rent. Uh, I had a brand new Mazda RX-8 in LA car insurance and no money coming in. Oh, no. And so I was just watching my savings and my checking account just do, 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 do. to the point they call me again. And they're like, Hey, Jason, uh, that 4th of July, that's not happening. Uh, we're going to have to, um, we're pushing it back. I think we're doing a uh, Memorial day or labor day, labor oh, day. No. And they said, we're going to push for it. Now I'm looking going, 
I have no money. I have no money. I, I would, what am I doing? And, um, I got a call from a casting, one of the casting directors, um, said, Hey, you're in LA. Why don't you come audition for, uh, universal, you know, for, uh, we're looking for, we're doing Bill and Ted's, we're doing Halloween Horror Nights. And now dude, when I left universal in 2006, I like, I, I was in that mentality at the time. And if you've ever worked in theme parks, you, you can go down the path where you can get sucked into other people's negativity. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that I'm done with theme parks. You know, it was almost like <laughs> a, a, a four, it, you know what I mean? It was like one of those things where I'm like, I'm not doing anymore. That's yeah. for losers, careers, you know, die or, um, um, you know, are born and they die in theme parks. And that's, I, I I felt that way. And I'm sure a lot of people who have ever worked at that, you feel that way too. Mm -hmm. Um, we would call it the golden handcuffs, you know, because you make good money, but you're not going anywhere, but you can't audition, but you can't, uh, but you can't leave. And, um, but I, I was, like I said, I'm in LA going, Oh my gosh, I got like a hundred dollars to my name. I'm just going to show up, you know, and, and I was, uh, you know, I was ready to, um, you know, go there and, but I, you know, and I've never done this, man. I'd never burned a bridge in my life, but I was ready to roll the dice and possibly burn that bridge if I got hired for Halloween Horror Nights. But my job starts with this, um, this nightclub, um, restaurant in September. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, when you do Halloween Horror Nights, you, you start, you know, the end of August, you, you rehearse the month of September and then October 1st, usually that first weekend is when you start. And I remember, um, getting there and dude, I was so reluctant. It felt so weird. Um, I'm now I'm working at universal, but it's in Los Angeles, you know? And, and I, and, and a big part of me felt like I took a step backwards, you know? Um, and I was like, man, I, I, what am I doing? And I was afraid. I didn't want to tell anybody. They were like, Oh, well, you left Orlando and blah, blah, blah. All you're doing now is now you're a casual, you know, we're, we're seasonal, not even casual. You're working seasonal at Halloween horror nights. And I'm like, and again, what was my first job in 1994, 94 Halloween horror nights. I was like, this is bad. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this is bad. And, um, I've messed up Lord Jesus, forgive me, you know? And, um, but I'll say, man, I, it was probably one of the most fun experiences I ever had. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were in rehearsals and I got a, I got the phone call. I got the phone call from the, the, the place, you know, I was supposed to work in LA and, um, and, and I missed the call and it was a voice message and the guy said to me, Hey Jason, uh, sorry about the, um, leave me a voicemail like this, but unfortunately we're absorbing your position. Oh. Uh, we don't have the budget to do it. And so, um, if anything opens up in the future, good luck. And I was like, just sat there for a minute, you know, and I was like, well, thank God I'm doing this yeah. right now. You know? the and, day. um, yeah, Halloween Horror Nights again saved the day. You no, know, granted, this time I was doing Bill and Ted's. I was in a show, mm-hmm. and but I got to work with Greg Berkheimer and Jason Ramsberg. And I remember Greg gave a really nice speech of, uh, at the end of uh, our very last day of shows. And um, one of the and the only performer, um, not to say this in a bragging way, I say it in a humble way, mm-hmm. um, and out of appreciation. And he he gave a special thanks to me. And he's like, man, I love your energy. I love what you brought to the show. Um, you know, thank you for uh, coming to the audition and, and joining us. And 
um, man, and it was, it, you know, it almost made me tear up a bit because he was like, I'm like, man, he's really being sincere. And um, next thing I know is I end up doing the, the um, Grinchmas. It was the first year they did Grinchmas in Los Angeles. So I was on the opening thing of that. And so I had work. I had work from September to the first of the, the year. And again, after that, boom, unemployed again. And mm-hmm. I, I found myself back in Las Vegas working in nightclubs again until, um, and I was doing well, man. And I didn't want to do the theme park thing anymore. I remember Greg called me and said, Hey, I'm opening, I'm the creative director for universal Singapore. Would you want to come out there? And I'm, and I remember saying to him, I'm not interested. I'm making good money. Uh, I'm here with my girlfriend. We're settled back in Vegas. Things are good. We both have good jobs. Thank you, but no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I remember, um, it, it, it got bad for me at work. I, I was just getting burnt out with the whole nightclub thing. Right. And I'm like, I need a sign. I need something to move me out. I don't know what to do. And, um, my buddy Eddie, I don't know if you know Eddie Davenport. No. Um, and my buddy Eddie called me and he said, Hey man, he's like, uh, did you get cast for Singapore? And I was like, dude, Singapore, like, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I told Greg, you know, a few months back that I wasn't interested, man, it would be nice. I probably would take it. He was like, ah, oh, dude, check your email. And, um, you know, you know, Greg likes you and, uh, he sometimes will just throw the offer out. And I was just like, dude, that'd be sweet. But you know, off the phone with him and I had been using my work email. I hadn't used my Jason Latona at Gmail email right. in years or, or six months in about six months. And I went on the email. I had about a thousand something 1500 unread emails and like the third one down was hey congratulations you've been cast in monstrosity for um universal studio singapore and i was just like okay uh, this is the sign and um i emailed them back and i was like like i said my girlfriend at the time uh, i wanted her to come with me mm-hmm. and um she ended up we both got cast uh for universal singapore and boom that was in 2009 i signed a one-year contract who would have freaking thought, man, in 2019, I would still be in Universal Studios Singapore. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How did you find Singapore when you first showed up there? I, I, again, I, I almost had that uh, that optimistic that you, or optimism you have when you're just new and you're, everything's exciting, you know? Sure. And I was cast, um, I was cast to open Terminator, uh, and, um, or the opening team of USJ. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was cast to do that as, um, to do the Beetlejuice show, their version of the Beetlejuice show and John Connor for USJ. And I think that was like 1998, 99, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And I turned it down because at the time there was a lot of, um, unanswered questions with the contract. And one of the things they said, I remember it scared me. And it was like, if you get hurt, we're just going to send you back home. And, uh, and then you lose your seniority, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be like I'd come home and have my contract again. Right. And it scared me. However, all those years later, when I heard the, the opening team in Japan and everyone had so much fun in Japan, I regret it. I was like, man, Aww. I was always so sad that I turned that down. Mm-hmm. So when I, when the, when Singapore came up, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is what I should have been doing. And it was really cool, man. You know what I mean? To, um, 
go to be in a foreign country that wasn't really that foreign. I feel like Miami feels more foreign than Singapore, <laughs> right. um, right. you know, because everything's in English. Right. Um, you know, people would say to me, dude, what are you going to do with the language? I'm like, you mean English? I'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, you know, everything's in English. All the signs are in English. Everybody, you know, most of the people, even the, the older Chinese uncles, you know, we call them uncles mm-hmm. over here. They speak English. It may not be the best, but they still speak it, you know. Sure. But, yeah, I mean, I just remember you know, thinking, man, what a cool opportunity. And I just embraced it the whole time. There was a lot of people that were used to doing these foreign contracts that were, you know, talking about the standard of living and everything like that, because initially the company put us up in these HDB housing. HDB housing is almost like it's a government housing in the States. And again, I kind of embraced it. Um, looking back on it, I'm like, man, what the heck was I thinking? You know what I mean? Like we had no, I had no internet, but I was in that mindset. If they would have been like, look, you're going to have to carry your girlfriend on a rickshaw to work. I would have been like, yeah, that's part of the culture. You know? Yeah. I felt the same way. I was so like young and naive. I'm just like, whatever you want, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're embracing the culture. You're embracing the differences. You know, you're embracing the, all those things where if you stay, those, those things that you thought were cute, you know, a, a, a Chinese guy stepping on your feet mm-hmm. and not even turning to look at it. And it, you know, you're here for an X amount of time. You're like, what the fuck? you know, and, yeah. and you're, and you're so, that's the thing that makes you want to just like, I just want to go to America mm-hmm. where there's supermarkets, you can fit more than two people across in an aisle. <laughs> um, and you know, uh, thank God I'm kind of Asian sized, you know, um, right. uh, if you're over five foot 10, you know, and 180 pounds, you know, this, the, everything I can imagine feels so small to you, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 but, you know, like I said, it's been a, uh, an interesting ride. Uh, it's been a wonderful thing. I met my wife here. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it's Me been a too. blessing. Me too. I know. So what was it like, uh, starting up monster, I guess monstrosity, uh, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. What was it like starting that up compared to, you know, Beetlejuice, which you already did, you know, back in the U.S. Well, that's funny because I remember, um, again, when we opened, they had this uh, a company, I think it was called Dream Academy or something like that, to open the original show. They're the ones that designed it. And mm-hmm. I remember they were showing the storyboards. and It looked amazing. It was like these CGI LED screens and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And but they were doing some weird stuff. They were doing some weird stuff. Now me, again, I, I growing up loving the universal monsters, um, being a part of Beetlejuice for years. I knew, you know, there it's, 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 I knew the integrity. I knew the, um, what the characters are supposed to be, you know, it's right. no different than they're like, you know, I, I couldn't imagine Disney putting out, given the rights to Mickey mouse over to a, outside of a Disney contract. And they're sure. like, yeah, Disney, Mickey's actually going to be a serial killer. Uh, and he's going to be a schizophrenic. <laughs> and and you're sitting there, you know, Disney, and you're like, there's no way they're going to approve any of this stuff. Now, right. that was me the whole time. I'm like, there's no way they're going to approve any of this stuff. And uh, I'll tell you, I think the cast all hated me because a, I was one of the older people in the cast. I was like 32, mm-hmm. which is old in theme park world, you know? Right. Um, yep. Now I'm ancient. Now I'm ancient in the theme park uh, world. <laughs> but, um, 
you know, I remember everyone's like, oh my God, you're so negative. And I'm thinking like, I'm not being negative. I know Universal's going to come in, UPR, they're going to watch this show and they're going to be like, hell no. No, mm. we, and I'm like, at any time, someone's going to come in like Ashton Kutcher and be like, you guys, we're just joking. You're on punk, you know? And I'm like, ah, oh, okay. That would have made sense. And, but the whole time I did, I'm like, when is it? Oh my gosh. And I found like, now we're on the stage. Now we're doing test shows in front of audiences and, and it's still going on. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to look like the world's biggest idiot. And I've been saying this whole time. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It looks like it might happen. And I remember like we literally did our show with an audience in, in upper management. Um, and, we got a, we got the phone call the next day, a text, and it goes, hey, guys, we need a, uh, we're having a mandatory meeting um, tomorrow. Uh, we need everyone to come in at blah, blah, blah time. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. I'm going to be right. And they said, yeah, anyway, thanks for everybody's hard work. Now, we had been working. We got, I got there October 09. This was March or April 2010. Uh, 2010. Mm-hmm. And we had been just rehearsing this show. And they said, we're changed the whole, we're changing the whole show. They're pulling a plug on the show. We got to change it from the ground up. And I was like, whoa. And people finally were like, Oh my God, the Latona asshole was right. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, aha, I was right. You know, and I felt vindicated and we went into a overnight rehearsal with Jason Ramsberg and Greg Berkheimer and they retooled the show. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ah, yeah, this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, um, and I'll tell you, that was a really, really fun, modern, updated version of the show. I still, to this date, I, I still have a place because I did the Japan version of the show. That was the one with like, which is still running in Japan to this day. Um, wow. And I did, uh, I did the Japan iteration, which as Wolfman and, um, uh, and, and it, none of them though, uh, to me, lived up to the original show that ran from like 1993, I believe, to 2001 or 2002. And um, that was the original version of the show, which was the four or the male characters, only one female. The bride was the only female character. Um, And that was still just my, I just, because it was all classic songs. It was When a Man Loves a Woman and Hot Blooded. And it was like uh, Great Balls of Fire. And I, I love the story that that show told. And that, that show will just always be um, so near and dear to my heart, that original version of the monster show and all the people that I met, you know, through uh, that show. And I, we still keep in touch today on nice. Facebook and Instagram, you know, you meet like lifelong friends um, and with the Terminator, the, the, term, the opening Terminator team as well. Um, those people are still my friends today. So um, it, it's been pretty awesome. Did you do any other jobs at Singapore? Cause I mean, from what I understand, there is no longer a monster show there. Isn't that correct? Correct. Yeah. In 2000, um, I actually left uh, Singapore for eight months mm-hmm. and uh, I came home and uh, I'll just make a super ver- quick version. Followed a girl, made a mistake, moved back to Singapore. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But I, that's about the quickest version I can tell you. And right. uh, But I came back to Singapore in, uh, in uh, 2013. And, um, uh, yeah. And then the monster show, it was weird. And if you ever worked in a theme park and you find you have, you hear the rumor 
chores first. Is the show closing? You have some random person that works at like the Choro stand, you know, come up to you and you're like, I heard heard the show's closing. And you're like, no, no. And then you start, you know, you go in one day for work in the morning, you know, for your sound check and you see some guys with measuring tape and you're like, hey, what are you guys doing? (laughs) Oh, uh, nothing, nothing. And, you know, you're like, you sure? And, um, you know, that happened in Orlando when they, when they changed the Beetlejuice show, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, you hear the rumors and then, uh, oddly enough, you have that meeting and, um, you know, with everybody and they're like, yeah, so, um, anyway, as of September or August 1st, the, the monster show is going to be closed. And, and it was like, man, you know, um, and, and for me, it was pretty special because I got to do the very first show in sure. front of an audience and I got to do the very last show in front mm-hmm. of an audience, um, and close that show. And it was pretty special. Um, and but I found myself in the in 2014 submitting and getting ready to make my show real. I was going back home. The show was closing, mm-hmm. and uh, I was going to move back. You know, initially to Las Vegas, and I and I was just going to do it like that. And uh, I got a, a a call from Human Resources as they do when they do a contract offer, and they offered me the uh, a contract doing the cruisers, which was a uh, little like uh, it was four guys that sing. Um, 50s, 60s, 80s music yeah. uh, in front of the Mel's Diner. And um, and man, I'll tell you, I, I got the phone call. Now, I wanted work and I wanted to stay in Singapore, so I said yes. But mm-hmm. And it was a two-year contract. It was the first time they two ever did that. Uh, it was wow. a two-year contract, yeah. And it was the first time they ever did that because 13 months seems long, you know, to a, yeah. a person. And this was a two-year, con- 26-month contract. Wow. And, um, yeah, and I was about to sign this contract to a show I've never done. And, wow. uh, you know, no, I saw the show, but I've never done it. And, again, it felt weird man could go mm-hmm. from a show like monster which is a huge you know 1500 person theater big production and lighting and pyro to be standing on a small little outdoor you know i think the, the stage is probably like eight foot by eight foot um little stage um you know in, outside of mel's diner and i was like is my ego going to be able to do that you know and am i going to and i'll tell you though I, I ended up doing that show and um the, the first time i got out there i i don't know if i ever loved the show so much um and because we were right there with all the things i thought i was going to hate were all the things i loved i loved the intimacy with the audience i loved mm-hmm. that we were exposed you know Monster, you know, is interesting because Monster, I'd always, I've been a singer and dancer and then, you know, for years and, but I was always behind the Wolfman mask or the Dracula makeup, you know, and as cruisers, I was Jason and the only thing I could hide behind was a little bit of foundation and a lot of hairspray, but you know, you were right there and, um, but it, it, it ended up being something I loved to do so much and made me a better, a better performer. So when I did do a bigger show, it just seemed that much more, you know what I mean? I, I was used to the intimacy. I was used to the sure. intimacy with, with people and it changed me for when I did bigger productions and universal here in Singapore, man, they started doing so many events and I, I can't even, um, I can't even uh, count how many roles I've done over the, mm-hmm. since 2009 and 10 years. And, you know, and it's been a blessing, you know, at times it seems like, a, like, Oh my God, I'm in rehearsal again. I've spent right. literally contracts where I, the entire contract I was in rehearsal because I'm doing a spring event, a Halloween event, summer event, you know, Hari Raya event, you know, post spring right. summer event, you know, <laughs> and, 
but looking back on it, man, you know, it's been, it's been a, a fantastic ride. And, uh, are you prepared for the ride to end? Well, like I said, uh, I got married. I met my wife here. I got married two years ago mm-hmm. and, um, in my whole life, I've been following the signs, you know, uh, and it's interesting is because I don't want to turn it into a words of wisdom podcast, but, um, mm-hmm. but there were two times in my life where I had a plan. And um, the, the, the one plan was when I moved to LA, I had a job, I had everything lined up and it was perfect. Worst year of my life, got my car repossessed, lost all my money. Awesome. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, the second time I had a plan was when I told the quick, brief, short uh, version of moving to New York. I'm moving to New York. I'm going to be with this girl. I'm going to, it's going good. Second worst year of my life. Oh, <laughs> um, no. I found myself back, I found myself back in Singapore after about nine months. And so I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't have a plan. Uh, two years ago, like I said, I met my wife here. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I got married two years ago. I met my, my wife here in 2011 and we were just kind of friends and, you know, and, uh, end up, you know, um, she changed my life. And, but since we got married, I felt the pull to go home, you know, uh, and, and it was like, just like anything, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think the, there's, I think there's a season for anything, you know, I, I say right. to people that if you, you know, you get a banana, if the banana's too green, can't eat it, right? right. Banana's too brown, can't eat it. But yeah. there's a time where right in the middle, the banana's ripe. And, um, you know, and sometimes I think people make the mistake of hanging on too long. And interestingly enough, looking back, you know, I started um, the Terminator show in 1996 and I left in 2006, 10 years. Wow. Uh, I started Singapore in um, 2009. I'm leaving in 2019, 10 years. Now, I didn't, I'm not making this decision based on numerology. It just is a coincidence, you sure, know. Sure. And um, But, you know, I, I am. Um, the difference is, though, the difference of 42-year-old Jason looking at this kind of what I do now is I, I don't look at theme parks. I don't look at it as the career that – should have you know it could have been something else because you know what i know people man on broadway and i know you lived out here too and i know people that work in what seems to be the gig you know the gig the the one you aspire to Mm -hmm. and it's it's not it's not you know i have saved and made more money than most people i know on broadway because i don't have to pay rent here my company subsidizes my housing and if you if you work in broadway you got to pay new york rent and i lived in new york for a little bit and i know what that is and you know and and yes you can you know and the other thing is is just because you get that thing you know what i mean and we've all been there I'll be happy, you know, uh, uh, I'm working at Jaws. I'll be happy when I'm doing Monster. I'm working at Monster. Well, I'll be happy when I'm b- doing all three characters at Monster. Now i got to okay. do L.A. Now, and you know what? We're always in that state of want. And the difference of, of, of me now is I look at it as I'm, I, I saw an interesting quote that when you're starting over, you're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. Sure. And and, 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 and I read that and I was like, man, that's true because the older we get, you know, yes, on, on set, is it scary being 42 years old? I'll be 43 in June, uh, to I'm moving back to the U S with no job. Yeah. If I think about it, that will terrify me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but I look at it going, man, I have amazing connections and friends and reputation that I built over the years in Orlando, in, um, Las Vegas, 
in California. I have friends in these different places. I don't know where my life is going to take me, but if I end up finding myself back working at Universal, in whether it be LA or, or, um, or Orlando, I wouldn't look at it as, you know, oh my God, the way I was thinking of it as a back step. I would look at it as like, yeah, that's what's, this is the season now. You know, yeah. and, um, and, and you know what, just like anything, perspective is everything, man. Perspective sure. is everything. Absolutely. You know, you can think you're in the best job in the world. Um, and you're, you know what I mean? You could be making pizzas and people and be like, I love to see the people's faces when they eat my pizza that I made. Or yeah. you can be some, you know, some, uh, big shot somewhere and be like, wow, but I should have been the bigger shot somewhere else and right. be miserable, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I choose to have my cup half, a cup half full. That's great. Uh, would you say that anyone who attempted a uh, career in the theme park world should probably look at approaching it that way? Yeah, I think so, because you can't get sucked into negativity, you know. Sure. And and like I said, I remember I was that guy. I remember seeing some older performers and thinking, oh, my gosh, they're stuck here. The right. difference, the way I look at it now is I'm like, these are older performers that are like, you know, when P- hey, people give it to me, man, they do it to me. They're like, hurry up, man, I, I want to be like you. I don't want to be 40 years old and working in the theme park. And I'm like, hey, I'd rather be 40 years old doing this than waiting tables or, or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, um, I don't want to look down on anyone else's job because I don't, I don't look down. I think everybody's job is important, you know, but in a nutshell, I'd rather be at whatever age I'm doing, doing a job I enjoy than doing something I don't enjoy just for the sake of looking, having face value for somebody else. Right. You so know you what I mean? Look down on people and stuff. Yeah. I hear yeah. That. And, and, and I think it's just the nature of people. You know what I mean? They, they, I think though, you know, if you look at theme parks as, um, you know, people look at them as stepping stones, you know, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And that's fine. And it may be for some people, but they can also be really fantastic careers, you know, because Absolutely. so many people I know have moved from performing into now creative and on the creative side. You know, most of the people I performed with in Orlando are now on the creative team and they're the ones making the shows, the the Mike Aiello's, the Colleen DeFeo's, Michael Roddy's, um, these like people that, you know, were, they started as, you know, a ghostbuster. And now they're, you know, the head creative guy, you know, and I, I, I've, I've been fortunate to um, do uh, the last uh, three years. I was a director for Halloween Horror Nights. And again, it, it made me realize that as long as I'm around it, I'm good. I don't need to necessarily be on stage, you know, um, as long as I can use, you know, things I've learned. And again, it's not that I'm so smart. It's just things that someone taught me and I'm reteaching it to them. Exactly. And, but it's fun to see younger performers going, man, I would have never thought of that, you know? And they, yeah. and they look at him, man, Jason, we love you. And Hey, that feels nice. It feels nice. And, um, you know, is that something I would pursue? Um, what I, you know, a lot of people say to me, even this, would you come back to Singapore? And Hey, Nothing, like I said, when I made my plans, that's when things gone wrong. Um, I look at it as like being on a lazy river through life, you know, where if you're on the river, sometimes it's taking you to the left. If you've ever been on the lazy river, you know, you're in the inner tube and sometimes it takes you to the right. You go where the current goes, you know, Um, but you can, you can start pedaling, you know, with your arms or legs and paddling and um, go away from the current in the lazy river. But every time I've done that, let's just say it hasn't been ideal. 
You know? Right, right. So uh, what is your favorite theme park to work in? I think working at all the parks were different. I, L.A. holds a special place for me, um, mm-hmm. Universal L.A., uh, because I love the history of the Backlot Tour. Like, I can't wait for sure. my wife to see she's ever been, and I can't wait to take her um, – we're planning. We're going to be in LA in September, um, and uh, we're going to have just some like a week there where we can do, we do Disney. Um, and I I've never seen any of the Harry Potter stuff because Harry Potter opened in Orlando after me. Like I kept missing it, and it opened in LA after I left. So I've seen any of the Harry Potter stuff, um, and um, so I'm excited to see that. But yeah, LA LA felt different to me. You know, um, it, it felt. It felt different, you know. It didn't feel like working at a theme park. It actually felt like you worked at a movie studio, right. um, and you know. And I so you know, LA definitely. Uh, even though there was a like I said, it was a really rough time in my life financially. It was like one of the hardest years of my life. Um, LA was still. It was. I really had an amazing time doing the Bill and Ted show. Um, and I think too, I was so used to working in Orlando for 10 years. It just felt different, you know, just driving right. into work and driving up that hill, you know, the how <laughs> universal sits on a hill like that and clocking yep. in and it just felt different. Um, you know, uh, the eating at the, I think it's called the studio grill in Orlando mm-hmm. and it's called take five in, uh, right. Is it take five still in LA? Is that what uh, they call yeah. the, the, yes, it the, is. the, yeah. And it's called that in Singapore. Granted, very different. <laughs> mm-hmm. One thing I will not miss uh, for the most part <laughs> is take five in, uh, uh, every once in a while. It's okay. It's a pretty good, but, um, uh, yeah, I won't miss the food, uh, in, at the take five in Orlando or in Singapore here. But, um, yeah, so I, I would think I would say, you know, working in, um, LA was just, it was a short time, only did the seasonal Halloween and Christmas, but it felt really, uh, it felt really special. Cool. Uh, so, I mean, you mentioned that you were a big uh, Disney buff. Does that mean yeah. that Disney is your favorite park to go to as a guest? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, have you, I don't know if you've been to Disney Sea. Um, Tokyo Disneyland to me is the is the bar. Um, even compared to Orlando, uh, wow. you know, I heard, I heard so much stuff about Disney Sea, Disney Sea, Disney Sea. Now, I always loved Epcot. Epcot was probably my favorite park. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Tokyo Disneyland, I, I, like if you if you were theme park, it, it to me is what every theme park should strive to be. Wow. Uh, because have you been? Have you been to Tokyo Disney? I have not. I haven't okay. been anywhere in Japan, unfortunately. Well. Uh, and I'll just say this: from the moment we walked in, the 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 customer service. I think everybody, from if you work in custom in the hospitality business, should be forced to take a trip to Japan and see the way they deal with guests, and um, the customer service at every level, from the 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 greeters to the security to the janitors. It's world class. It is the wow. be, it's the the benchmark, and and that's coming from Orlando and Vegas, which are two hospitality kings, you know, of the states. Sure. And and I'll tell you, man, both places have a lot to learn compared to Tokyo Disney, and um, it, it and then Disney Sea is I've never seen the artwork. Um, no, I, you know, I'm really, really, really excited to see Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, not only because I'm an enormous Star Wars fan, but as a Disney fan, who knows? I might, my head might explode the moment I walk in there. Right. But, um, <laughs> but to this day, Disney Sea in the the magic, and I think the uh, the biggest thing too with Tokyo is the guests. Every guest is so invested; they love it so much that mm. you know, um, I you know, I, 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 I never wanted to be, uh, uh, 
a Japanese person, but I'm like, I want to be, I, I joked around here and I said, I want to be Wapanese, you know, white Japanese, you know? Oh man, and, when I was like watching anime in the nineties, I wanted to be Japanese yeah. too. See, so you know what I mean? And I yeah. saw, I mean, and you know, what's so great is you could go there and we, I did it in Hong Kong. I was that guy. Um, they have something called, um, they have, uh, this bear here called Duffy. And, um, I don't know if you ever seen Duffy and it's like, it's called friends of Duffy. And it's this, it's this teddy bear that apparently Minnie Mouse made for Mickey. And that's the story when Mickey was going on a sea voyage. And huh. so you have these, um, it's their exclusive plushes. Um, you can look them up uh, in their exclusive plush dolls and characters and uh, animated characters called Duffy and Friends of Duffy. And they're so cute. And they're only here at the um, the Asian Disney parks, uh, Tokyo, Hong Kong, and Shanghai. And when I went to Tokyo, I was like, what is everyone wearing? these?" I saw these Japanese girls literally dressed head to toe and, and like, like a character that they like. You know, you'll see a grown-ass man dressed as Winnie the Pooh. And I'm like, that guy is goals. When I go to, and when I come back here or go to another theme park, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be that crazy tourist. And I was, man, I had a Duffy hat on with the Duffy doll. I was wearing a Duffy backpack. <laughs> um, and it, you know what? And it was, you know, my friends are asking me, they're like, Jason, you're going through midlife crisis. I'm like, yes, it very well, <laughs> very well could be that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not denying the potential that it could be midlife crisis, but um, it's a lot cheaper than a sports car to buy a, a, a plush bear hat. Sure. And um, so, but you know, my wife and I just embrace it um, the way the Asian culture does here. And it, like I said, if you're a theme park fan, you owe it to yourself to go to Tokyo Disney, Disney Sea, and even USJ. I haven't been to USJ, but apparently it's the same as far as the guest services and the guest interaction and the wow. guests themselves. Um, it was just magical, 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 magical. Um, not looking so forward to that in Hong Kong because uh, the Chinese culture is so different from the Japanese culture. You know, everyone right. kind of just pushes you. Like when, I don't sure. know if you heard the stories, the when uh, Shanghai Disney first opened, people were, were uh, uh, going to the toilet in the bushes and yeah. stealing flowers. Yep. And, I <laughs> and and I think, and, however, I'm praying that it ain't like that. I, I'm praying that uh, I, I won't see a 80-year-old Japanese guy pee in front of me or Chinese guy pee in front of me. Yeah, I hope you don't have to see that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully. But again, it takes a lot for to ruin the Disney magic for me. So, so Disney it is. Disney Sea. Wow, I definitely want to check it out. Absolutely. So, since you're uh, coming back to the U.S., um, as there, did you want to throw out like an Instagram or something in case anyone wanted to hire you for your vast amount of experience that you have as a performer or anything? Anything you want to promote? Yeah, um, like I said, my Instagram is my name, Jason Latona, um, mm -hmm. at, at Jason Latona. My Twitter is the same. My LinkedIn is my name, Jason Latona, L-A-T-O-N-A. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right now I'm creating, uh, I'm looking to do a podcast just for my own um, uh, fun. You know what I mean? Just for sure. to give myself something to do. Uh, I, I enjoy this. Again, let me just say thank you, dude, for having me on. It's been awesome uh, no um, to go down memory lane. My wife's laying next to me in, in, in Sydney, and she's like just smiling. She's like, she's like, I love that story. I never heard that. And um, so, <laughs> it, and it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun. So I really do appreciate uh, you having me on. And um, uh, yeah, man, you know, if anyone's hiring, <laughs> uh, I, I may be, I may be, uh, emailing people and, you know, if you want to reach out to me, that'd be fantastic. Uh, sounds good. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this.
Yeah, again, thank you, Steve, for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Um, good luck with uh, your show, your episodes. Uh, I love what you're doing. I think, uh, as a, again, as a theme park fan, um, there's a lot of stuff, you know, stories, back stuff that, that happens that it's not as glamorous as it looks on the outside. But I think my hat goes off to anybody who's been doing theme park work that makes it look glamorous, that the guests don't know any better. You know, that's really, to me, um, the, uh, the art and the finesse of what we do, you know. Big thanks to Jason for taking the time to talk to us. And I wish him and his wife a happy return to the USA. Again, Jason seems to have a great philosophy when approaching not only working in a theme park, but life in general. Just stay professional, show up on time, and things will happen. Sometimes the best plan is no plan at all. When my wife and I were preparing to move out to LA from Florida, we had no work lined up. And here it is, four years later, and now I'm a hotshot podcaster with a small but very loyal following. And I hope you will remain loyal by showing up here again next Thursday as I continue to unearth more Theme Park Legends. Thanks for listening to the Theme Park Legends podcast. Make sure you retrieve all belongings while exiting the car. Should you forget anything or have any questions or comments, make sure you reach out to us on social media. And remember, have a legendary day.